Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello and welcome to Fresh Take from What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Today I am talking to Jamila Svonson Brown. She is the YouTube host of the channel Jamila and Q. They are a two mom family based in Atlanta, Georgia, who have been creating content for over seven years after recognizing a gap in the influencer industry and not seeing creators who were black women or part of the LGBTQ community. Welcome, Jamila, to What Fresh Hell. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you've been doing this for seven years. Almost, I think, Amy and I have been doing the podcast for about that long, maybe a little bit longer. What made you and Q want to start creating internet content? Well, I came out later in life, around uh, my early 20s. And when I started dating Q, she was the first woman I dated. And I wanted to become immersed in the culture. It was a real awakening. And when I want to become immersed in the culture, I want to read books. I want to watch TV. I just wanted to see a version of us out there. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see it. I really wanted, you know, a black and gay sex in the city. I wanted a gay living single. And I didn't see those young 20s black women dating lesbian content. So I said, we have to give others that content. And my wife, my then girlfriend proposed to me and we just started sharing the journey of our way to the altar. And the response immediately was from people, I needed to see this. I want to see healthy lesbian relationships. And now our community that we've built has seen us get married and have children. And now those kids are starting school. So it's been a wonderful journey. That's awesome. I feel like so many creators and the gift of the, listen, the internet has its downsides. But I think one of the big gifts of the internet is that, that people, we talk to so many people, authors of books who have kids with certain differences or a wide range of people. And almost always what they say is, I didn't see my story. So I started to write my story. And then people came from all over and said, thank you. This, I've been waiting to see myself. So that's fantastic. So tell us about your family now. You said you're married how long now? We've been married seven years now. 
Congratulations. Seven year, any itch? The seven year itch? No, thank goodness. <laughs> no itches. We love that. And you have kids. Tell us about your kids. We have two girls, Harper and Holland. Harper is five and Holland is two. Oh my gosh, you're really in it. I will say I just recorded an episode because, so my kids are now 11, 12, 14. And I will say from the future, I think it's a lot easier. I wouldn't go back to two and five for anything. But I just was babysitting for my niece and nephew who are two and six. And I, we just had to record a whole episode called I Forgot What It Was Like. Cause sometimes I find myself talking and I'm like, you know, don't forget to keep track of your hobbies. Don't forget to take time for yourself. And then I just spent a week with a two and six year old and I was like, oh, forget all that. Just stay alive any possible way you can. Cause it is so, Hard. Those ages are really hard. So your five-year-old is just starting kindergarten? Yes. Wow. That's a good day. How are you feeling about it? Nervous? Excited? She does so well with change and she's so excited by school. I got lucky, very, very lucky in that way. So she's so excited about school and she was in a private school. So she was in pre-K and she could see the big kids. And so it was very exciting for her to say, oh, I'm about to be a part of that. Got it. And she's going full day kindergarten. I guess it used, I feel like it used to be a thing that people had part day kindergartens, but no more. It is kind of nice to have those hours free. I really liked it. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I was like, oh, that's sad. And then about two o'clock that afternoon, I was like, wait a minute, this is kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> so one of the things you explore, obviously, a lot on your channel is your relationship, relationship issues. How is it for you, and I know you've talked about this, sharing the workload, figuring out who does what. We talk a lot about invisible workload, right? That sometimes you don't see that like the laundry and oh my gosh, look, a birthday present is here wrapped and ready for the party. And figuring out, I think sometimes there's a default parent in the relationship. Sometimes one parent works outside the home. How does that play out for you? And how do you think about that in your relationship? For us, there's also an additional layer of what is deemed heteronormative. So some le lesbians play into the, there has to be a masculine role and that masculine role does X, Y, Z. And there has to be a feminine role and that feminine role is performed a certain way. So very early on, my wife and I were like, we need to figure out not masculine, not feminine, but Jamila and Q what works well? Where do our strengths go? So for example, if we go on vacation, I'm the planner. I want to plan everything. My wife wants to pack everything. And that's how we balance that out. When it comes to the household, I'm more of the cleaning, the kitchen, the food, the grocery shopping. My wife is obsessed with laundry. I don't touch laundry. <laughs> <laughs> is she available to come over to my house? Because I would like someone in my house to be obsessed with laundry. No one in my house is obsessed with laundry. Oh my goodness. She's obsessed. And um, so whenever I have days where I'm feeling overwhelmed, because sometimes the kitchen overwhelms me between cleaning, especially when the kids are home, because that means I'm in the kitchen three times a day, at least cleaning behind every meal, cooking every meal. And I have to express that to her. I'm overwhelmed right now. And when we have those conversations, she'll say, let me take a day or two and I'll take care of dinner. I'll take care of lunch. You don't have to wor worry about that. So for us, it's been very open communication. Anytime one of us raises a flag, sometimes it's not as announced you can just feel the other person. You can feel the intensity. You can feel the pressure. They're a little snappy. And, you know, let me weigh in and help out. 
where I can. I think the issue, you use the term heteronormative, which just in case there's people in our audience who aren't familiar with that term, meaning right? The sort of norms of a heterosexual relationship and the traditional gender roles that kind of go along with that. And I think it's interesting because sometimes we talk, and it's something we try to think about on the podcast a lot, not talking in terms of, well, as we all know, like the men work and the women do the dishes kind of stuff. But I think that A lot of that stuff, as Amy says, for us is kind of baked in the cake. Like this is maybe the roles we grew up with. And it takes a lot of conversation, I find, in my marriage and my relationship to break out of those heteronormative roles, which is like, hey, I actually need you male to understand that these things don't magically appear. Our vacation doesn't magically appear on the calendar because the vacation elves made it happen. It's all of the work that I am doing to make things seem more seamless. I wonder if that is easier in a two-woman relationship or harder because you have to really discuss everything or does do you feel like it's something that flows kind of normally? I would find it, I think it's harder, but I think across all relationships, no matter the sexuality, the conversations are important. And I'll give an example that everyone always says, man, my wife carried our first, our oldest daughter, and I carried our second daughter, Holland. And whenever anyone hears that, they're like, man, if my husband had understood what it was like carrying a baby, that would have made everything easier. And what I explain is my wife being the carrier, the caring partner, the gestational partner is that I hadn't carried at that time yet. So I was very much in the role of what a lot of heterosexual relationships, couples married, I was in the father role. And so it didn't quite hit me that until the baby came, how much my life was going to change versus my wife. She had a nine month head start. Her body already started changing. Her schedule changed. And so me, I was trucking along, but in my head, my support for my family was financial. I need to keep moving. I need to keep my job. I need to keep getting promoted. We have a new baby coming. I need to make more money. I immediately went into my space. That time, my wife needed an emotional support. So we still have those struggles just being two humans in different physical and emotional phases of our life. And it wasn't until I got pregnant that I was like, Oh, I so get it now that we were just two ships missing because baby for me meant money and baby for her meant emotional. I need you close. I need you to hear me. I need you to understand me. We were in two different languages and two different books at the time. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so then it took you a while to like sort of be on the same page with that. And was your wife like, oh, yes, yeah, see, like the welcome to the world of this experience? At the time I was pregnant during COVID. And I know. And so that was a different experience that she couldn't relate to. Sure. Yeah. And she also had a high risk pregnancy. So sometimes we get into the game. Well, I was on bed rest my entire pregnancy. (laughs) So it's certain things that I'm never going to be able to relate to her pregnancy. And I just have to provide empathy. You're right. I could not imagine having a high risk pregnancy, but she couldn't imagine having the world completely shut down during her pregnancy. Yeah. 
I think what's so interesting about what you're saying, and I hadn't thought about it before we started the conversation, is that you think like, oh, so you get it because you're both female. It's like that actually only gets you maybe 20 yards closer to each other. You're still not meeting at the 50-yard line. So interesting. I'm talking to Jamila Swanson-Brown, who is the host of the YouTube channel Jamila and Q, and we'll be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... Toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code motherhood at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code motherhood for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to seeing optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. 
That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. I know you talk about anxiety on the channel, and that is something that I have struggled with my whole life, but postpartum, I had tremendous postpartum anxiety, which I had my first child now 14 years ago. And I feel like I was very familiar and very schooled on the idea of postpartum depression, but I had never heard the term postpartum anxiety. And I had a lot of people telling me like, yes, it's very normal to feel nervous. Obviously, you've been given this huge responsibility, but I wish it had been more of a conversation because I would have recognized like, yes, everybody feels nervous about having a baby, but like obsessively worrying all the time is not normal. And I think I would have maybe figured it out a little sooner. I really only figured it out in retrospect, like, oh, not sleeping for three days. That's not being nervous. That's postpartum anxiety. And that's something that you talk about. And what was your experience like? It was important for me to talk about it, to be a face, especially for Black women who don't have mental health conversations enough. And how Black women handle pregnancy, how we're handled in the medical field, it was very important for me to really break down and discuss my experiences. And can you, before we keep going, just drill down on that a little bit? Because I'm not sure that Black maternal health is something that everyone in our audience is familiar with the issues around. Of course. Unfortunately, there's a crisis in the United States where the amount of women who, Black women specifically, who are dying after giving birth are comparable to third world countries. And you would think and sometimes as far as we've come, that there would be a little bit more progress made on it. But what happens is, is that when a Black woman goes to their provider, sometimes their pain level isn't understood. A lot of times their pain level isn't acknowledged or it's dismissed. And it puts us in a very dangerous situation where we have C-sections at a much higher rate. We experience preeclampsia and complications from preeclampsia at way higher rates that impact our mortality and our children and our babies. And it was very scary the year that I was pregnant. There were so many Black women from different economic statuses. This is across, I mean, when Beyonce and Serena Williams. Serena Williams had this issue. Exactly. So then that fear on top of COVID. And so it was very important for me to discuss. And then being in a same-sex marriage, those conversations I have with my doctors, with my nurse practitioners, I asked one simple question for um, the birth certificate paperwork. Can it say parent, parent? And I got wide eyes. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I mean, are y'all legally married? If I tell you I'm married, I'm married. That's the assumption. (laughs) Right. What do you mean? We've been doing this for a while now. Right. right? I mean, this is not news. Yes. Yes. And so all of that anxiety went into my pregnancy. And then you give birth and that anxiety, what happens with it? It resolves, it continues. It explodes. Mm. I knew I had a controlling personality because I've, I've had anxiety my whole life. This is exactly, you're speaking my language. It's the need for control and then suddenly an event where you're like, oh no, And I got into like OCD behaviors and all sorts of problematic things because it's like, okay, if I tap this thing three times, then the baby will be fine all night. Because that need for control, the flip side of it is when you lose control, it just explodes in anxiety. 
and I had experienced some depression, not severe depression, but some with our first daughter, Harper. Although I wasn't the caring partner, I grieved my old life of getting up and leaving the house. Now it took two hours to leave the house. Yeah. With this pregnancy, it was mental, physical, emotional. It was everything. And I would have the scariest part of it is I would have images of bad things happening to my baby. Just very quick, very sharp. They call them intrusive thoughts, right? It just pops in your brain, the worst thing that could happen. And I remember with both babies waking up in the middle of the night, checking on them. This is in between waking up every 22 hours to feed, just making sure they're breathing. Can I hear you breathing? Can I see your heartbeat? Can I see it? And all of that played into it in a way that felt so out of my control. And I also learned that I couldn't take everything on. I had to give up that trope of a black woman can handle everything. We're strong. Sure, sure. I was home for my C-section just a day or two up mopping the floor. In the middle of mopping the floor, I tell myself, you have to lay down. You're uncomfortable. You're unhappy. You can't go on like this. This is no longer, if you thought it was sustainable, it's no longer sustainable. And now we have to figure out a new way to live because this can't work. I think the idea of stories, that's something we talk a lot about. We constantly use the phrase, like, what's the story you're telling yourself? And I think that that's really interesting that like the story of like strong black woman, my job in this world is to show that like, I can handle anything that gets thrown at me. I think also the story of babies bring happiness and joy is a story that for me, I was so shocked when I had my first that here I had been anticipating like the rainbows come out and, you know, little cherubs singing songs. And what I had was this feeling, and I was an older parent, I was 37, of like a vault door closing and like my happy other life being on the other side and me being like trapped with this baby on my side of the wall. And I think that's right. Like the storytelling is so important to address and address publicly because People do hear these stories that say, this is who you're supposed to be. A hundred percent. Let's talk a little bit about how your relationship changes. Because I know you've talked about, you've been married for seven years. Children come along and change everything, obviously, in our dynamic. How, and I know you've done content about getting out, doing date nights. Talk a little bit about what you found to be the pros and cons and what works and doesn't work in terms of sustaining a relationship after having kids. Whew. I think the biggest thing is understanding that having kids can fundamentally change you as a person. Mm. And the biggest thing that has helped my wife and I is understanding each other on an individual level. Mm. And so sometimes I can't always show up as her wife. The house needs to be clean. The kids need to be dressed. X, Y, Z. I have to show up as her friend. Mm. How are you, Q, feeling today? Minus everything else. Are, is there anything internal that's going on that can have nothing to do with me that is impacting how you show up today? And is that a moment every day or is that like once a week, let's take time out and do this? How does it actually work? I'm not asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> It's typically, and it could be the controlling part of me, but on Mondays, Mondays are kind of like my scheduling day and it's a check-in day. And it's, this is how our week looks. And depending on how she reacts to that, <laughs> that's how I know maybe we need to have a deeper conversation. That's interesting. And I liked also the first thing you said that I thought was really 
insightful is it starts with yourself, like understanding your own changes. And I think that we skip that step a lot. We skip that step a lot. It's like we go straight to this is how my partner is not serving my needs and forgetting to check in and say like, do I, is my story about myself still true? Or how has that changed? And that step can be complicated, but then that's right. Like finding that connection. I'm actually a big fan of family meeting. We try to do a Sunday meeting at our house. That's what's going to be the schedule for this week. How was our spending this week? If we need to, like once a month, let's try to actually look at the budget, even though we hate it because the budget stinks because there's never enough money in the budget. But like having those moments of connection and then what role are date nights like, is that wrong or right? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like some people are like, you've got to schedule a date night. And sometimes I hate that advice, but sometimes I think it's good advice. What's your take on the date night? I think... With us, it's not once a month we have to go on a date night. It's it's very much, this is something that's interesting, whether it's um, a tasting, a wine tasting or a dinner, I would like to do it. Can we look at our schedule? Can we get a babysitter? Or even around my in-laws do not live in, in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. They live in Virginia. So I know if they're coming to town, I absolutely need to plan a date night while they're here and I have them to watch these girls. So a lot of the time it's what the schedule permits or it's a conversation, but I'm not one of those people, oh, we have to schedule it the 15th of every single month because then it gives a little too much expectation. It feels like a job too, doesn't it? Here's my in-law tip. My in-laws used to come, we lived in Los Angeles when I had my little ones. My in-laws would come and stay at a hotel and then we would swap. We would go stay at the hotel and they would stay in the house with the kids. Oh, I love that. That's a real good idea. Because as the other thing we found is my in-laws would sometimes take the kids for a couple of, like even a week over the summer. And the first time we did it, we were like, okay, we'll go and we'll, you know, take a trip and we'll go somewhere. But you know what we ended up doing? We binge Game of Thrones on the couch. Like what we did, the things we were actually missing. We ate cheese for dinner. We didn't cook. We didn't go anywhere. We didn't get dressed. And so those are my two in-law tips. We will be right back after this break. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health, and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, 
a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So you and Q do a really wide range of content from talking about your daughters, talking about decor stuff, relationship advice. How do you decide what to share with your audience and what topics you want to talk about? It always has to be us both agreeing to it. And if we are discussing an issue that we've had, it's nothing that's fresh. It's something we've already processed. We've already understood. So talking about it. smart. Yes. <laughs> you don't have the first conversation while the cameras are on. No, because then I'll re-trigger it. And that has some toxic potential, right? If you're like, we're fighting, let's turn the camera on and figure it out. Okay. Yes. So that's been the trick. And also what you do with that, I think, is you give us, the watcher, the benefit of what you learn from it versus like, we're not just like on the crazy train. Absolutely. Because number one is my marriage has to work in real life. Mm. I love the content. That's fine. But I don't want to be processing on camera because then you start allowing other people's opinions. See, you see the comment? They said I was right. I was right. I was right. Oh, man. I hadn't even thought about that. That's deep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You allow too many people, too many opinions in your relationship. So it has to be something we've already processed and talking about it doesn't get us re-upset. I'm not re-trying to figure out who was right and wrong. It happened. We processed it. We're at peace with it. Now we can discuss it. Mm. Can you give us an example of something that you've talked about on the channel in that lane? Absolutely. We've talked about the first time we ever thought about divorce. Mm. And it was right after my wife gave birth. So this is to your first daughter? To our first daughter, yes. And we had purchased our first home, but we didn't love the neighborhood. And in my head, I was looking at the market. And so this was 2018. And I'm thinking, I need to purchase another home. I need us to move into a new home. We now have a child. I want us all to feel 100 completely safe. And so we're in the middle of looking at homes. And my wife is just turning down every home. And she keeps saying, well, where are we going to live? If we sell where we're at now and we purchase a new home and we build a new home, where are we going to live? Where is my child going to be? In my head, I'm thinking, we'll figure it out. We go to my mom's. We go to the apartment. We just figure it out. And we have a blow up in front of our realtor at this home, at a new development. And I'm the type of person I don't like arguing in public. So I'm already pissed (laughs) that it escalated in this way. That you're going there, yeah. We get in the car and she just kind of makes a comment. If you want to divorce me, tell me now, because I feel like you're just staying for our child. And I look at her and I'm like, I'm literally want to buy you a home right now. (laughs) If that's not the opposite of, I don't want to get a divorce, I don't know what is. But in her mind, she was still going through postpartum depression herself. And she was emerging as a new person and she was feeling a disconnect. Well, aren't you worried about where me and our child are going to live if we sell our home? In my head, I'm very resolution-based. 
So I'm thinking, I just want safety. I want a home. I'm looking at the market. I need somewhere where we could be comfortable for the next five years. And she just needed to hear from me. I'm still a hundred percent in in it. The house didn't tell her that. It was me telling her, I don't want to get a divorce. I a hundred percent want to be with you. I want to be with our family. And that's why I want to purchase this home. It's so interesting. I think that that gets at like such a formative thing about relationships, which is that like, I want my spouse to, let's say, you know, remember big moments and bring me a gift. And my spouse is a person who is getting every week, getting up an hour early to like make sure my car is filled and working correctly. And it's like we're missing each other's love because I'm like, you don't love me because you don't give me gifts. And here he is doing his. It's just I'm not a love languages person at all. But I think that that idea of like being able to see how each person is expressing something. And again, staying out of our own story, which is like, I'm sure your wife is thinking like, the only thing that's important is a nest. I, I don't care about the, what the nest is. I'm in I'm in with the baby. I need a nest. And she's off, you know, obsessing about a different nest. I just want to be safe here. And you're thinking like, I'm thinking long term, because that's what's really good for us. And just missing each other. I really like that kind of storytelling, because I think it it's going on with everybody all the time. How about telling your daughter stories and figuring out what's going on with them as you're, you know, making content and talking about what's going on with them? How do you think about that? What I think about is long term, what does being in the camera mean for her? And now she's at the age where she actively wants to tell her own story. So if it's a no, it's a no. If my family is not having a good day, we're not putting up the camera because it's very important for me that my children always feel safe and that they are safe. And the line of using your kids to tell the story can get blurred. And so I never want them to think, oh, we're just doing this just to have a camera, just to have a moment on the camera. It's always more important for me to have these strong relationships in real life versus what we present. That's really interesting and telling a useful story, but content comes second to reality. I think that's interesting. It's sometimes like the place where it gets flipped. I want to talk also a little bit about allyship because I think it's something that our audience can learn from. And it's something that you talk a lot about, the idea of being allies to the LGBTQ community and that what do we get right about that and what do we get wrong about that? And I'm saying we... I mean, believe me, there's people doing it in all different ways. So there's no real we on the other side of that. But what do you consider allyship? And how would you like people who are in straight relationships to show up as an ally? And thank you for this question. I love this question. I think the biggest thing is that I always say the community LGBTQIA+, we're not a monolith. So I think the same way I would want allyship as a lesbian, I have to also provide that to my trans partners. And the biggest part of it is just because I as a person cannot relate or understand what someone else is going through does not mean it does not exist. There are a lot of things I may not know being cisgender, maybe just being a lesbian, having dated men. There are so many other opinions. And the biggest thing we can do is lean in when someone is saying something that we automatically don't understand or have not heard before. Mm. 
That's and really I think interesting. As humans, we take things personally. And, and you'll hear people say, I've never heard that. I've never experienced that. I've never, of all my friends, I've never heard that before. That's okay. There's so many people on this planet. Yeah. <laughs> Just lean in. You're, that's called learning, friends. Yes. And it's okay to continually learn. I think we're so quick to want to express an opinion or take something personal to get angry at what we don't understand when really we need to be leaning in and listening. And that's the biggest thing. Another thing that you address, which I think is interesting, and I think something that is a mistake that people make is kind of putting a barrier between ourselves. And we've talked about this with kids with differences with race that like that we start with the barrier versus starting with the connection. And that's the kind of thing like, well, I don't understand your lifestyle, but I love you anyway. And like starting with the barrier. And I know you've talked a little bit about that. So can you sort of walk us through why that's a problem? Absolutely. It makes me think of when I was working in corporate America. I was the, a lot of times the only, maybe the youngest person in the room, maybe the only black woman, maybe the only gay person. And it was always important for me because, for example, my wife and I have different struggles. She's masculine presenting. So everywhere she goes, people assume she's gay. Me, I can move different in areas because it's not an automatic assumption. So it was always important for me to come out in those unexpected spaces, because like you said, once someone gets to know me, then the lesbian part comes secondary. Oh, Jamila loves to laugh. Jamila loves movies. Jamila loves TV shows. We love the same TV show. All of that becomes secondary. And for when people say, oh, we can still have issues, but we can still get along. The issue is that my life should be protected in the same way, no matter who I love. Right. Yeah. No matter if we like the same type of movie, I still want the same protections for myself, my wife and my family. And it's understanding that on a very human level that we all just want that safety and that protection. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Tell our audience where they can find you, where they can find your channel. And I could not recommend Jamila and Q's channel more. Go check it out and tell us where we can find you. Thank you. Thank you. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok at Jamila and Q. And Q is Q-U-E. We will link to everywhere you can find Jamila and Q. And thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today. I love this conversation. Thank you for having me. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends at Mindful Mama. We know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, 
you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.